I'd like to uh, first start by just expressing our, our appreciation uh, for the opportunity to be able to share this morning. Uh, I know Pastor Rennie isn't here today, but if he's listening to this, thank you. Thank you, leadership team. Uh, really grateful. Um, our family has been so blessed to be able to, uh, to be part of Glad Tidings. Uh, from day one, the hospitality, the generosity has made us feel at home, and we just want to say thank you. You know, um, I've had the opportunity to be with Teen Challenge uh, New England uh, since 2005. Um, that was when I came in on one-way ticket from California to Boston, desperately seeking help. My life had spiraled out of control, and no matter how hard I tried to get off drugs, I just couldn't do it. I remember getting to the point in my addiction that telling myself that, you know, some people have to use insulin to survive their diabetes. I was just going to have to use drugs, and I have accepted that in my life. I remember going to sleep with a pipe in my hand and then waking up in the morning before my eyes were open, patting the pillow to see if I could find it. It was a very, very dark place for me. And I was spiritually bound. And no matter how hard I tried, I just could not get out. My wife loved me, praying wife, and never gave up on me. I remember my wife used to beg me, Oscar, you got to stop. I love you, but you can't keep going down this road. And as much as I wanted to stop, I, I, I couldn't do it on my own. My I, I hated what I did to, to myself, what I was doing to others. Um, you know, there was a time where, you know, my daughter was born and, you know, my wife just couldn't, couldn't stand to, to watch what I was doing to myself. She, you know, we, we were in the middle of a divorce. And I remember that, um, you know, I remember thinking to myself, God, this is coming to an end for me. Either I, I change or I, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose my wife. I remember um, my loving mother. She went up to my wife and said, Allison, move on with your life. My son is never going to change. That was over 13 years ago. And let me tell you, we serve an awesome God. Um, when I finally humbled myself and I asked God for help, he opened the doors for me to come to Teen Challenge. I remember one night um, going and telling Allie, because everybody had been trying to help me. Everybody was trying to do whatever they could to, to help. But I was very addicted, didn't want the help, rejected everything. And I remember one time when I finally said, okay, God, I'm ready to get the help that I need. I went and I, found, I said, Allie, it was a Saturday night. I said, Ellie, I'm ready to change. She said, okay. She right away pulled out the laptop, and, and she starts looking uh, for flights. The next flight out of California was Sunday morning. This was Saturday night, so that meant I had to, get, I had to go ahead and, and put everything in order in just a few hours so that I could make it on the 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. flight out of California. Well, I land in Logan, and I get off, I grab my bags, and as I'm walking through the airport, I, you know, open my phone, and I call Teen Challenge, and, and I call, and I say, hey, this is uh, Oscar, I'm, uh, I'm here at, uh, at Logan Airport, ready to get picked up, and I remember uh, there being a, a long pause, who's this again? I said, 
This is Oscar. I'm, I'm here at the、uh, airport. Oh, okay. I, give me one second. And then, in the process of them coming back to the phone, it dawned on me that I was such in a hurry to leave, I forgot to tell Chin Challenge I was coming. So here I'm at, at the airport, thinking, oh my gosh. Like, hopefully, they're going to come pick me up. And so they got back on the phone. They said, hey, you know what? We don't have any record of you coming into the program, but you know, we're going to go ahead and pick you up. And I'm so grateful that they did. They come, they pick me up. I'm back. And、um, the first night, that Sunday night, they were doing 6 to 12 prayer. So praying from 6 to midnight. And so I walked right into that. I was like, wow, these people are serious, you know? And I remember when, you know, as part of the admission process, as you go into Teen Challenge, you, you know, they check your stuff. They want to make sure that you don't bring any contraband, any things that, you know, you're not supposed to have. Well, I remember、um, as part of that process, after I was、uh, searched, the, you know, supervisors asked me a simple question Do you have any drugs? I said, Well, yes, I do. I said, You do? Yes. Hand them over. So I handed them over. And you know, they were very concerned because they thought, why would someone bring drugs into a program if they really wanted to change? My response was, if I could get off of drugs, I wouldn't be here. I needed, I could not get off of drugs for the life of me. But I knew I wanted to change, and I knew that I didn't want to live that way. I remember them thinking that, you know what, you know, I might not be able to stay because of. You know, they questioned my seriousness and just the way everything went down. I just showed up and, you know, I'm mean, expected to get into the program. But you know what? I was desperate and I was ready for help. I remember thinking, you know, they have、uh, staff meetings on Tuesdays. And I was thinking, man, you know, this is Sunday, Monday, you know, Tuesday. I'm just thinking, well, what happens if they tell me that I can't stay? What happens if, you know, that, you know what happens if they say, I'm sorry, but you can't, you know, you can't be here right now? I said, you know what? I am going to move right across the street and I will stay in that parking lot and I will wait and I will show them that I am serious because I will wave at them every time they pass by so that they would see that I am serious to get and get so that I can get the change, get the help that I needed to change my life. Well, that was the beginning of my journey. And I would love to say that it's been so easy and, and it's just been.、Uh, You know,、uh, what's the best word for this? It's just been a cake, a walk in the park. It has been so incredibly dip, difficult. When I, went in,、uh, when I got to Teen Challenge, you know, you, you have the opportunity to really focus and pray and really look at yourself. And I remember praying, seeking God, and, and God really dealing with a lot of the shame, a lot of the guilt that comes from addiction. And God started to restore my, my family. And I remember you know, calling Ellie. And in Teen Challenge, you have a big group. You know, we have 80, 80 plus guys there. And I remember you only get two calls a week. And I remember one,、uh, one time I call, and call Ellie and say, Hey, how's it going? And I could tell that she wasn't herself. You know, and you only get 15 minutes, and those 15 minutes go real quick if no one's talking. And so I remember saying, Hey, is everything okay? Yeah, it's okay. But wasn't saying very much more. And I knew in my spirit that something was going on. I said, Do you want to talk about it? No, I'm okay. And then she finally says, towards the end of the 15 minutes, that she had watched a 60 minute segment on methamphetamine. And they said that, you know, they, those people don't really change. And Oscar, I mean, I, I, you know, are you going to change? Are you going to go back? And, you know, 
what do you say to something like that? I, did, you know, I, I had promised the world that I was going to change and couldn't do it. And yet I didn't want to say, oh, yes, I'm never going to go back because I knew the struggles that I was going through. And so I, I said, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that other than I, I, I'm going to do my best with God's help. I'm, I'm never going to go back. And my 15 minutes when you know, was up, and I remember going to the altar, and I remember praying and saying, God, you know, I don't want my family back if I'm only going to hurt them. I don't want them back, Lord God. Lord, please change me, God. Please, I don't want to be that same person again. God, help me. And I remember that it got to a point, even the thought of me losing my family scared me. And I thought, you know what? God, if I don't get my family back, you know what? I'm still going to serve you. I am still going to give you everything. I committed my life, my giftings, my talents. I gave it all to him. Given it, when I came out here from California, it was a one-way ticket. I have no family. All my family's in California still to this day. I, I committed myself and trusted the Lord and went through the process. You know, he used the ministry of Teen Challenge to help build and strengthen my foundation. Like I said, that was 13 years ago. Since 2005, God has restored my family. They moved out here from California with my daughter, Kylie. Um, in 2007, he gave me a son, Carter, which was truly blessed. Uh, while I was in Teen Challenge, I received my GED. I went from a intern, from a student to an intern, to a staff member, to the associate director of the Brockton campus, to the director of Brockton campus, to, in 2015, I had a dual role as the vice president of finance and the director of Brockton. I, in 2016, amen. God is awesome. You know, in 2016, I uh, became licensed with the Assemblies of God as a licensed minister, and I received also my uh, contractor's license. We... At the end of 2017, I transitioned the directorship over to uh, my, uh, Joe Rand is an individual that we were mentoring, so that I could focus uh, my attention on the finances and to focus on a new building that we're building, a 36-bed, three-story, 15,000-square-foot building to help people. It's a short-term program to help people that when they call Teen Challenge and they hear it's a 15-month program, they, you know, they can't leave 15 months. But we figured that we were missing 89% of those people. So we now are in the process of building a short-term program that we'll, we'll use as a feeder to our long-term program. You know, I, I share that story just to share that God is an awesome God. And there is nothing, nothing difficult for God. Well, this morning I'm going to be coming out of Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the wall. You know, Nehemiah's account begins in 445 B.C. in a time where Jerusalem was in shambles and only a small remnant of Jews were left. Nehemiah served as a cupbearer to King Artaxes of Persia. When Nehemiah heard his people were living in great trouble and disgrace and that the walls of Jerusalem lay broken and that the gates were burned, he was grieved. Although he wasn't a priest, or a prophet, he was a praying man. Nehemiah 1, 4 through 6 says, I sat down and wept and mourned for many days, and I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you 
who keep your covenant and mercy with those you love and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night. After praying for some days, Nehemiah asked the Lord for success before he went to the king. With a sad look, the king inquires, why the sad face? This opened the door for Nehemiah to respond and share his burden with the king and queen at that time. Nehemiah had a bold request to go back to the city of Judah to rebuild the walls and gates. A cup barrier was a prominent position. It was a trusted position. Rebuilding the walls didn't pose a threat to the king. The king trusted the cup barrier with his life. God's hand was uh, and favor was on Nehemiah. The king granted his request. Letters were provided for the governors of Trans-Euphrates and some of the king's officers and cavalry were sent with him. Why, you know, why was the rebuilding of the wall so important? You know, for starters, the walls protected its inhabitants. Without walls, they were defenseless against their enemies. The, re the rebuilding of the walls was very, very important. Walls provided separation and protection. How many of us can, here today can honestly say that maybe we have some spiritual walls that need to get rebuilt or strengthened? Areas in our life that maybe, you know, haven't had the attention that they need. You know, some examples of spiritual walls are developing and maintaining a daily prayer life. You know, I remember when, uh, you know, I really wanted to pray, and it was something that needed to get developed. I used to think, well, why can't I pray in five, why do I have to pay for 30 minutes or an hour? That, that's like, I can say everything I need to say in five minutes. God, help me, deliver me, I need you. And I, it was so much more. And it was something that I was like, God, teach me how to pray. I don't know how. I read a book called The Hour That Changed the World by Dick Eastman. And in this book, Dick Eastman uh, talks about breaking up prayer into a prayer wheel with 12 different categories. Praise and worship, waiting on the Lord, confession, pray the word, watching, intercession, petition, thanksgiving, song, meditation, listening and praise if I just spent one minute on each one of those categories I'd pray 12 minutes if I spent two I was already at 24 minutes three at 36 minutes and I knew that some of these categories I could easily easily spend more than three minutes and so God I started to to read this and it encouraged me and these are things that you know, in Teen Challenge, a lot of the men want to learn how to pray. Having a prayer life is really important. These are spiritual walls that we can build that will help us in the time of temptation, in the time when the enemy is attacking us. You know, having a structured daily Bible reading plan is so helpful. You know, there is online printouts that you can check, uh, that you could use. Uh, Bible Gateway has an app where you can go and you can read the, the Bible in a year. You can do New Testament, Old Testament, uh, read the Bible in 90 days, chronological order. If you've never read the Bible in, in a chronological order, it's great. It's, it's amazing just to see how the events um, unfolded in history. Um, 
scripture memorization and obedience to the word. You know, Psalms 119.105 says, God's word is a lamp unto our feet. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do good work. The word of God teaches us how to live a godly life in an ungodly world. Scripture, spiritual, I'm sorry, spiritual walls help us to be alert and sober-minded and to guard against the enemy's attacks. It's not good when our walls are down. You know, things happen when our walls are down. When there is no clear boundaries in our lives, walls create boundaries that say, stop. You're not welcome in this place. Walls create dividing lines, and we need to build and in some cases, rebuild walls to limit the world from corrupting what is set apart from God. We need to seek God's word to know how to build spiritually healthy walls around our hearts and our families. Psalms 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. We also need to, to make sure that we have strong gatekeepers. You know, there's a story of um, Genghis Khan, you know, the, uh, he was a magnal leader that, uh, ruthless reputation, great tacticianist, that he invaded uh, China, but he, he was, you know, there was a, the Great Wall of China prevented him from, you know, going through the wall. And so he employed a, uh, a network of hundreds of thousands of spies that would watch you know, they're going in, they're going out for supply routes. Why? Because he was looking for the weakest point. When he did invade, one of the times, he went through the gatekeeper. He found the weakest point. And that's just like the enemy. He'll look, he'll observe, he'll watch, especially if you, you know, had a reputation of, you know, living a, a, a life, you know, for him. And now you convert over and now you're making a difference in God's kingdom. You know, the enemy is going to wait. And he's going to watch to try to see how he can come in. And the gate needs to be watched. It was the weakest point. You know, um, some uh, really good gatekeeper examples would be content filtering and parental controls. It's just two really good. You know, we need to watch and control what our little eyes, our little, our family's eyes, what comes in and what they're exposed to, because nowadays, you know, the world, TV, everything just works to desensitize us of what's really going on, and so um, really, really important. The task Nehemiah had of rebuilding the walls was not without opposition. When Sambalit and the Horonite and Tobiah the Amorite heard about this, they were disturbed and set out to discourage the the rebuilding of the wall. They mocked and ridiculed them. They intimidated them in an effort to try to get them to stop rebuilding the wall. When you serve God, it doesn't mean it will be without resistance. In life, you will have trials. 
In Nehemiah's case, we see that even though God was with him, he still faced many challenges. I want to stop here and pause for just a minute because I feel like there's a few examples uh, or life lessons that we can learn from Nehemiah. One, Nehemiah's story started with a burden. He knew the situation was desperate. My question to you is what burdens you? What breaks your heart? What has God put in front of you that you cannot ignore? When Nehemiah first heard the bad news, he humbled himself, prayed, and fasted for days. What a great example to follow. Then Nehemiah waited for an opportunity to bring his concern before the king. He did not act in haste, but waited before God. Waiting is not wasting. And stuck and faithful look the same on the outside. Nehemiah did not complete the task alone. He had help from all walks of life. As a church, we need to work together. Every little bit helps. We all have unique gifts and talents. Nehemiah's opposition posed a real, um, a real threat when rebuilding the wall. They kept their swords close at hand. We face a real enemy who wants to destroy God's work, and we need to keep God's word close at hand. Have you ever wondered why God uh, gave Nehemiah favor with the king, um, but not with, you know, uh, Tobiah and Sambalit. Um, I believe God used that opposition to strengthen their faith in God. Personally, I don't like trials and struggles. Sometimes I forget to count it all pure joy. I, um, I, you know, I find myself saying, oh God, why me? What did I do? How did I get myself into this mess? But you know what I also find is that those are the very opportunities that I have to get on my knees and seek God and use those opportunities to get closer to God. You know, as we get ready to conclude, I'm going to ask the worship team to please come back up. I'm going to ask the prayer team to please come up. You know, if you're going through a trial and you need prayer, please come forward. We're here to pray with you. If God has given you a burden for something or someone, please come forward. We want to pray with you. If you need prayer on what to do next, please come forward. If you feel like God is wanting you to give more of yourselves, your giftings, your talents to the church to help reach more people, please come forward. We want to pray with you. If you feel like you are being met with strong opposition, please come forward. You know, a spiritual battle cannot be won in the flesh. We need God. We need God to, to help us. You know, nor can that battle be won alone. We need the Lord. So as the worship team gets ready to to play. I'm just going to encourage you guys, please close your eyes, bow your head, spend some time with the Lord. God, we need you, Lord.
God, we love you. And we ask, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord God, to build spiritual walls, Lord God, impregnable walls around our life, around our hearts, around our families, Lord God. I pray that you would give us wisdom, Lord God. We need you, Lord God, to be able, Lord, to stand strong. Lord, we can't do this without you. We are weak without you, Lord God. We know that in and through you all things are possible, God. Holy Spirit, welcome. Oh, hallelujah. If you have a family member or a loved one that's struggling with drugs or addiction of some sort, please come up. Let us pray with you. If you've lost hope on someone and you've given up, you don't think they can change anymore, let me tell you, we serve an awesome God and all things are possible. Please come up. There's nothing too difficult for God. With God, all things are possible. If for those that are... uh, wanting to take a little bit of extra time and and pray. You're welcome to pray. For those that need to leave, you guys are welcome to leave quietly. 